Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company live from the Australian Open Tennis on day one. Bright sunshine, roof is open and the crowds have turned up for day one. Head back to your calls very shortly. But Nathan Buckley has been good enough to join us for a chat. Great to drag the great man down. What do you think of our little dugout here on Rod Laver Arena? It's good, mate. Your lap's really comfortable too. <laughs> it's and, a tiny um, box. So it? you're saying... But if I'm in 1A sitting next to the Prime Minister, that yeah. means the Prime Minister in 1B. Is that what you're Well, suggesting? you are a pretty big name these days. No one what? gets... You get paparazzi these I'm, days. You still get... Well, I'm, I'm here with my youngest, which means that he sits in 1A <laughs> and I just sit in 1B. But no, no, I'm here with Piper um, Hudsick and they've um, Judy Romano, who runs the PR there and does an amazing job, had a long association with her, so she's got us down a couple of tickets, which we're very grateful for. That was the paparazzi chase of Nathan Buckley going these days. Um, I think I think they've fallen off. Have they? I, yeah, I think I'm the only person in the world to beat them. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you think that I'm right in that, well, then I'm, I'm obviously mistaken. But no, it's. Um, I think... Um, Eventually, there's bigger fish to uh, to go and chase, thankfully. Um, but I've been able to sort of, I suppose it's been 18 months now. I walked past Collingwood's training ground on the way here, and 12 months ago I did the same thing, and it was a it was a it was a marquee realization mm. that, that the old life is finished, and that I'm now able to go to the tennis uh, on the first Monday of a of a tournament. And yeah, the boys are training; it's very yeah. very different, but. 12 months on, it's, um, I didn't have that realisation. It wasn't, you know, that's, that has, has gone and passed. And, um, yeah, very different, very different life, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you look like you don't miss it. No, and, and as much as I sort of told people that last year, they didn't believe me. So no, I still don't believe you because I think sometimes you've got <laughs> coaching in your blood. Or some people have, and we see Ross Lyon going back, and uh, we've, you know, Alistair Clarkson's gone back, uh, Brad Scott's gone back, so... Yeah. But I, I actually I went I, I jogged past Melbourne's training and um, Choco was was there so I sort of ended up stopping for a chat had a chat to he and Maddie Whelan and and sort of watched a couple of the guys come through on on skills rotations and there's a guy who's got coaching in his mm. blood like like Mark Williams is you know, I, I played 30 years or 31 years ago now in 1992 in a flag with Choco for Port Adelaide yes. and went back for a 30 year reunion at the end of last year. There's a guy who, like, was as passionate then as he is now and, like, at the end of his playing career, and he's had 30 years in the game coaching. He's a premiership coach. It's uh, really interesting the way that we view or the way um, sports across the world view coaches and when you're at your prime and, and the passion that you have for it. And I'm not surprised that Ross has gone back in. I, think, mm. I still think he's got that burning ambition to be uh, at the at the helm of a premiership um, year of a premiership campaign, um, and he's obviously very good at it. You were pretty good at it too, and you've been in it. When was the first day you played footy? How old were you? So you've been in it yeah. virtually since you're what a five year old, and 
you've never really been out of it. You're still in footy now because you're doing SEN and Fox, but yeah. do, you, do you think you'll ever have a day when you're not involved in footy in some way, shape or form? Um, well, I think that's inevitably you've got to get over yourself and that, that becomes <laughs> it. The, you know I mean, but my ego was you know, closely entwined with football for the majority of my life. Mm. I mean, as a young man and the relationship with my dad and how he parented me and how he drove me to see how good I could beat footy. Mm. And I rebelled against that for a period and played tennis yep, as a, right. a 13, 14, 15-year-old. It, it, footy got hard. Um, but, yeah, I think, you like, I mean, I'm 50 now. You become more reflective as the older you get. And I just feel so fortunate to have had the experience and travel the journey I have in the game and then to still be able to play a part in mm. it, you know, through the media um, and have so many um, connections and friendships through the game. I, I really do feel very fortunate to have, um, you know, to have been in, in it as long as I have as a player, as a, you know, as a, as a kid initially, then as a young player trying to make his way, a leader as a as a as a player, and and then through the coaching ranks, it's I've been very fortunate. You mentioned being a dad. You got Ace with you today, and obviously you had a couple of really nervous and horrible moments over summer. How is your son? Uh, Jet's Jet's well. Like he, um, yeah. When the news, um, you know, hit fresh air, and and it was obviously sounded really shocking because mm. it was. You know, two days earlier he'd had the stack, and Ace was actually there at the track with. Uh, with their mum Tanya, um, and I, I think you know you, the safety equipment and mm. the way that karting set up the competition and and the you know, the protocols that you need to follow it, it helped him. I mean, he hit a tyre wall at 90. He had the rib protector on and the helmet, and without either of those, he was going to have serious damage to either his mm. head or to his ribs and internals. As it was, um, by the time the information came out, he was actually out of hospital, and you know. We'd worked out that what he had was not going to be life-threatening. Yep. So, but that's not what the first couple of hours mm. felt like, from what I'm told, and it's not what I was being relayed to me. I was actually in WA on day one of a two-week holiday that didn't happen. Right. But, um, but that's uh, you know to get back into that's it's pretty scary. I mean, I suppose as a, as a parent, um, any time your worst fear is that something happens untoward that that is uncontrollable and. A brake line failing, which is what happened, and sent him into the wall was was what it is. But it's his his sport, and he loves it, and um, he wants to get back in the cart and back on the bike as soon as possible. So you're going to let both boys be carters if that's what they want to do? Well, Jets clearly said to me for a couple of years now, I, I prefer karting to, to anything, yep. and that was obviously, you know, maybe I've got a a want for him to be a footballer. I don't want. I want both of my boys to express and explore whatever they're passionate about mm. to their fullest and if they can make a living off that well then they'll be you know they'll be one of the lucky ones but jet uh, definitely loves the karting it's um you know it's not cheap and it doesn't and it takes a lot of time but they're very pa- he's very passionate about it the problem with him is he's already 6-1 and, mm. and and that doesn't augur well and and uh, and it is nearly a pay to win sport yep. um, motorsport so that's going to be <laughs> An interesting question that we face as we go further, and this this fella, Ace, is, um, loves his footy, has played a bit of tennis, uh, but he's going to be number one at the world at everything, and and karting is included in that. That's good news because that gets uh, the message to me and to Hutchie that you're going to be working for a while because you're going to have to pay for your kids' <laughs> karting. So you're going to be with SN for a while and with Fox. Hey, speaking of Fox, who replaces Nick Rewalt? Who- I don't know. Oh, I mean, Rui, I mean, everyone seems to be surprised about that as if, uh, what's he doing? I mean, it's not necessarily a career move from what I gather. It's, um, 
you know, his his wife, uh, he's, they're going to go and live where, where Kath is from. And, um, and uh, you know, her mum and dad are still over there. And talking to him during last year, like, he's as comfortable, like, in himself, mm. in that environment as he is anywhere. So... Yeah, you know, I think it's a great thing for for them to do as a family. So good on him. Um, as far as Fox goes from that, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll find out when we're told by the the big dogs. Do you enjoy the? You look like you enjoy the best on ground stuff where you get to show a bit of what's deep within your personality. Yeah, well, yeah, I sort of suppose I've hidden it for a, for a long time. Well, it gets hidden behind the the mask of well my Port Adelaide mates have always said you've had it in you. You just haven't when you've been in coach and player mode. You haven't really. Let that side of the fun bucks out. Yeah, well, often. yeah. I have been asked that question. I said, well, st- if someone would stop asking me the same stupid question <laughs> every press conference for eight weeks, well, then you probably look like you're uh, half amused. But I mean, it it um, it, do- it does become a little bit, and and clearly when you're dealing with um, so, you know, issues w- uh, in a wider sense with the football club culture, etc., or 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 even things that the um, that the industry itself or the league itself are trying mm. to take a social stance on, sometimes that can become quite draining and wearing mm. because the idea of being a perfect organisation or a perfect individual, especially for young players, like we judge a 22-year-old as if they should know the difference between right and wrong in every mm. in, in, in every facet of life. They're still working themselves out, let alone find out how good a footballer they can be, let alone be judged and and speculated on by the masses so it is something that i've traveled as a person it's something that i've tried to provide um support for for young guys that are coming through Mm. as a coach or as a as a teammate and it's something that i hope always comes through in my perspectives um when i'm commentating or giving special comments or, or speculating on things that are happening in the game because we just can't expect young men who are, who are still working themselves out to be role models. Like they are role models, but to be the pinnacles of society and everything. So it does take it. It wears you down. It's 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 actually a yeah. You know, we're very fortunate, as I said, we're very fortunate. But yep. it is a, it's it, it is um, probably the the most challenging aspect of um, life in um, in the public sphere in a professional sporting environment. It's great to have you on SEN, though, Bucks, and uh, it's been great to have the opportunity to work with you on Fox footy as well. A couple of real footy questions then, so you don't have to talk about yourself so much because uh, I know you'd rather probably talk some actual nuts and bolts footy. Who Let's might Captain that. Collingwood? Um, yeah, I, I think Pendles and I had spoken about it for a couple of years, actually, about about a, a handover and, you know, when's the right time? And it was it was a philosophical chats and spitballing, and he, was, he really was keen to still be present when mm-hmm. the next captain came in. Uh, we were looking at it into 2020, but then COVID hit, and it's not nearly like all the progressive plans you had. They nearly come mm. back in into themselves. So he, I wasn't surprised to see that. Um, the guys that I thought were going to be around the mark, you know, Steele has always been a good lieutenant. I don't think he's going to, and he's he's probably uh, along in his career too far as well. Uh, it, Jeremy Howe and Taylor Adams were the next two, um, and how he's an underrated leader mm. uh, and general on field um, and his capacity to, to pull a group together to, to lead with the right measure of head and heart. He's, he's yep. and, and, and then Tay's development has been 
awesome last two or three years. I mean, he's been a little bit injury prone, hasn't been as um, available as he'd like to be, but um, they're probably the main two. Um, Darcy Moore is an interesting one. I think that I think that he would relish the responsibility, whether he feels or the club feels that he's the, it's the right time for him. I'm not sure. He would always bite off more than he could chew mm. and, and chew like hell. But uh, yeah, my perspective is a little more informed because I've been there for a long time. I know the individuals, but I've still been out for 18 months. So the guys that are in there will know exactly what they're looking for, where they want to be in the next three or four years. You know, so Craig McRae, Graham Wright, clearly, Lepich, Bolton, those guys, let alone the senior leadership in the playing group, which has always been really strong and had a great sense of itself. They'll, they'll make the right decision, I'm no doubt. You've been one of the great captains. So I've got to ask you the question about Joel Selwood leaving Geelong. What is it worth having a strong captain like that? It's been talked today that Blitzars might be the new guy at Geelong. How much will they lose, do you think? Yeah, well, see, this is I'm even further outside. But when I look at a Geelong, I've always thought that they've had great depth and breadth mm. of leadership. Yep. So, And we always, well, I think less and less now, we look at the guy, you know, the captain. I mean, Grant Thomas was always big on this. Um, you know, there, there's been rotating captaincies at different times. Sydney have been strong on that through the leading teams and Paul Ruse uh, and now through to, through to John Longmire. But I think in the end, the depth and breadth of leadership is more important. And, and Geelong have always seemed to me like, and, and a selfless person like Joel Selwood, mm. who has actually understood that it's it's better to have a wider group of people that are collectively contributing to leadership than it is to have a pointy, yep. a pointy end. And Pendles has always been like that. And I think the best leadership groups, the best led clubs have got, you know, wide and deep um, playing leadership. So I think Geelong have always been like that. Blitzhavs doesn't surprise me at all. Tom Stewart would be one that would stand up. I mean, Tom Hawkins has been a leader in the way that he's gone about it for a long time. So they're not going to be at, at any shortage and it won't be just the guy that comes in and does it. He'll have to be supported and he'll have to support those uh, that are, you know, vice captains or, or, you know, in the leadership group. But, you know, who's to say that, you know, that, you know, De Conning isn't hmm. going, to, going to come and give him something as a young leader in that back line. I mean, he's, he's been everything in, in 12 months. So, it wouldn't surprise me that you know that he's encouraged to give his strength, strength and attributes as a as a person as much as as a player, and I just think that Geelong will look after that really well. Essendon's kind of got the other dilemma; they don't have a, a guy who stands out. They haven't got that next level of guy to step up yet. They need to work out what they're going to do post Dyson Heppel. Yeah, well, I mean Essendon are a tough one. I, I mean, I, I think as a club, you know, they, they they're still they're still recovering from. From 2012. I mean, it's it's and it's yeah. You know, it sort of feels like you're sort of reeling from from one imperfect situation to the next. Mm. So I think leadership has probably been as tough there as, as anywhere. You know, because they they probably feel like they were hard done by by the AFL. They probably like Joe Watson definitely had, would have an opinion on mm. you know what it meant to be a leader at Essendon. You know, through that time. Yep. You know, Tim Watson, who's a legend of the club, through his association there and through his son, like he'd, he'd have an opinion of the club and what it's doing. Kevin Sheedy's trying to be involved. You know, James Hurd's still around. Brad Scott's got a, a wealth of experience, and that's going to be required and needed um, because the, the job that Essendon need to do, before you even think about who's going to captain the club, the job that Essendon need to do is just focus on being as good as they can be now and then, all right, let's get better tomorrow and then better tomorrow. That's how you get real good, and that's how you've... 
that's how you fight your way through situations that you can't control. Um, just look after the things that you can. So it's going to be, it, it'll, t it'll take a step by step and um, they'll have to let go the past. And, you know, Brad Scott's probably a, a really good appointment in that regard to let go of the past because he's been nowhere near it. Who do you think will have the biggest impact first year coach? Brad Scott, you've got Alistair Clarkson taking over North Melbourne. Uh, what do you make of their list? And does he have a chance to have them as the big rising team? Adam Kingsley's taking over the Giants. Yeah, uh, you've also got Ross the, Lyon, yeah. yeah. Well, I think in the end, you know, the biggest impact is generally against expectations, isn't it? So whoever's got the lower expectations will probably be the one that we think's had the <laughs> biggest impact. Yeah. It's, but it's actually not all things are created equal. I think, yeah, every one of those situations has got have, has got challenges, like whether it's you know list management or recruiting or health of their players. Um, I, I I really. I, I like Ross as a coach. I think the way he goes about it means you get two different squads over significant periods of time. He'll change a bit, won't he, to his uh, old methodology? Well, and and if he doesn't, does that mean that he gets him? <laughs> yeah. Does he get him in the big dance again? I mean, I, I think he will be different. He will be uh, more mature. But I mean, we're, we're pretty much we're, we're we're the same we're same person, but we're just slightly different versions yep. of, of ourselves. So even if he changes five percent, that's still significant. He's, but he's got the wealth of experience there. I, I think that I'm really interested to see how he handles St Kilda in that situation. And and and, um, and I think that he will have a significant impact with that group uh, and with that club again. Um, and the other guys, I, mean, I think I mean, Alistair at North will be really interesting. I mean, I think the expectation is he's a saviour, but I, I, it's... it's um, it's going to be it's going to be a hard ask, and a lot of these are slow builds. What I said about Essendon and taking mm -hmm. it day by day, North have to do that. I mean, every club needs to do that. So, and, and a lot of that happens, you know, outside of our eyes and ears until until performance starts popping out the top. I better let you go and sit in the sun shortly and uh, enjoy the tennis rather than chatting to me. But a couple of quick ones before we go. Who is who's your premiership favourite? You got Brisbane that have added um, Dunkley. Uh, they got Will Ashcroft as well. They've added Gunston, who's a straight kick. If he does get opportunities to go, you got Richmond have added Hopper and Toronto. Melbourne's what, what's Melbourne going to do with Brody Grundy? You know Brody yeah. so well. Oh, it's, it's against my philosophy in 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 terms of investing. Not not take Brody Grundy and Max Gorn out of it, but like investing that larger percentage of your cap. Mm. I can only assume into the ruck roll. I. I I think the jury's out on what that actually does, you know, in a bigger picture. So I don't know, like say from a percentage, if it's if it's like eight or nine percent of your cap and it goes there, like does it mean that you're tight in other parts of the field? Yeah. You know, or or in other you know top end talent in in other roles. And the question, I reckon, personally, I think yeah, I think you can overinvest in in Ruckman. I don't like the idea of using first-round picks, even though Brody was, but he was one of three, 18, 19, 20 there in a row, so that made some sense. Um, I don't know exactly what Melbourne's strategy is. I mean, you take you know Luke Jackson out and you put Brody Grundy in, and the easy thing is to s suspect that they'll probably do something similar. Yeah. But uh, Max has worked forward. Brody hasn't done a lot of work forward yet. Um, you've got two Can number he? one ruckmen. And, Can he be and, a forward? Well, he, he's going to have to be. Right. Didn't he? Yeah, probably. I think yeah. so too. Having said that, you got to remember that you know, 
if one of them isn't available for some reason for injury, they're in a really good hmm. they're in a really good spot. <laughs> but that doesn't change what you've committed out of your yeah. list, uh, out of your out of your salary cap to to that role. So, um, yeah, it, uh, that that is it is a fascinating question. It's a fascinating situation, and we'll all be watching that one to see how it pans. And the first five or six weeks won't give us enough. You've got to give this, hmm. you've probably got to give this 12 to 24 months to know exactly how it's going to play out. So who do you like? Uh, Collingwood obviously had an outstanding season. Are they genuine contenders again? They'll have a tougher draw, but can they do what they've done again? You've got Brisbane, Richmond, Geelong, no silver, but they've added Tanner Bruin and Jack Bowes. Yeah. Uh, who do you like? I mean, could it be one of the teams outside the year? You've got Carlton. Essendon will improve. Port, presume they're going to try and get in the eight with a Jason Horn Francis and challenge for the flag as well. Well, I've, I've loved Sydney, and I really did. You know, the last their last couple of years have been fantastic, and and their profile would suggest that you know they're going to be in whatever window they're in, they're going to mm. be in that window for a while. The big question is the, the, psych, the psychology of how they handle you know the last game they played. I, I, I think their coaching group and and you know their culture is as strong as any, so I think they'll handle it okay. But we won't really know until we get to the pointy end. They can't do anything mm. about it until they get to the pointy end. And whether that's a you know a, a cutthroat final, that's the next one that we'll see. So I've always liked Sydney and, and, and the way that they're set up at the moment. Brisbane's recruiting has been first class. I mean, the, the names you've mentioned, and it just gives them more depth and breadth. And they're already, um, you know, I think Chris Fagan's done an amazing job with the way that he set them up. The dogs, are, I had a spy, um, one of our friends was at, Bulldog training today said they're looking really good. Their whole spine was training yep. well. He was thinking that, well, he was giving me the indication, don't not talk about the dogs when we talk about contenders. Yeah, well, I think, I think in, in Bevo's history, when when he gets an even enough run and, and, and things click, I think he can make, he makes good great. Mm. Um, so in the end, it's going to be a question of how can they get their ducks in a row enough and they just haven't, you know, it's, it's a bloody hard game. Like, to win a, win a flag and to, and to bring a squad together, there's so many things that can go wrong. Um, and he probably just needs an even run at it, I reckon, to be to be another finals contender. And then when he gets there, oh, I think he, the, his, his ability to instill belief in his group is pretty strong. But even they might be, yeah, they might have been scarred from the 21 granny as well. Mm. Um, and that'll be... A, Probably a question for Sydney as well that we just discussed. And one off the text, are you, are you a fan of dual captains at Collingwood? Um, see, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm a fan of depth and breadth of leadership, but I but I don't think that that needs to extend to sharing, you know, the the captaincy role. I I think as long as you view it internally as our leadership is shared, because I think you'll find that there will be a character in any playing group who others defer to or mm-hmm. see as when when the shit hits the fan and everything else goes to mark he's the one that stands up because there, there won't there won't often be two or three yep. there'll be one above the others and that's the guy if he has the capacity and the wherewithal to pull others along with him he doesn't always need to be captain mm-hmm. that guy but I reckon if he is that's I think that's even an even stronger attribute for a playing group to have I could talk to you for an hour, Bucks. Uh, great to have you in. Really excited that you're doing another year with us on SEN. Can't wait to work with you on Fox Footy as well. Your pack looks all right as well. Uh, how, how oh, yeah. Did you did yeah. a bit of damage to that? Yeah, no, that was, I don't know. Bloke told me, he goes, when you, uh, eight times out of ten, this will be a 40 to 50-year-old male doing bench press <laughs> that you'll tear your pack off the bone. So 
it's been five months or so now. I'm I'm doing push-ups. We're all good, mate. But I'm not, I'm not breaking any records. Oh, I'm come on. You're in good, to... Nick. You're looking plain, Nick. Uh, you got the black T-shirt on, the tight one. <laughs> Always. Just, just keep rotating them, mate. Yeah, no, it's a, I've got the black T-shirt on as well. We're, we're all trying to do it when we're old. Um, not that you're as old as what me. What about this? Like, so what's her, what's her name, this this bird? Uh, I'm not you sure. No, I'm, Maria. I'm, I should, yeah. Sakina, is it? Okay. Sakina? She, like, the, I, I love watching. I, I love watching the athletes... Um, in tennis, I reckon they're um, I reckon like the the body shapes like some yeah Maria Sakara yep S- Sakara is it yep yeah there you go or oh, Sakari yeah Sakari Sakari your okay. eyes are as good as even me. better but like like this so six seed in the world like and Ace was saying like she's got a bigger back than you they are they are so ripped they are so professional they like their diet like the teams that go around with these individuals if mm. you haven't yet watched that break point. But it's um it's like a drive to survive version of um of tennis. Yeah, I have yep. And I've already watched the first couple of episodes in that. And as soon as you can humanise the people that we're watching out on centre court or out on the MCG or driving around the tracks, it gives you a different perspective. And I, I think those those docos are amazing. And you know, I think we we uh, we all benefit from seeing that. I saw Novak Djokovic a couple of hours ago. Was a couple of metres away from him. so lean. It is amazing yeah. how lean he is. Well. Before before I came, we came into centre court. Had a chance to watch um, Tanasi Kokonakis and, yep. and Kyrgios um, hit up at eleven. Um, Kokonakis he'd be six, he'd be six three, six four, very lean. Like, and then Kyrgios is um, yeah about the same. But like those two are in the prime. They're in their prime physically. Mm. Yeah, have they got the? And they've they've got good circumstances to perform. But you're coming up against the best in the world, and it is like it is a one-on-one battle. It's mm. a, like there's only one, one, two go in, one comes out, and it's a war. Like the the war of attrition in regards to their physical status, let alone their mental and emotional ups and downs, and handling those. It's uh, yeah, I've I've got great respect for for the tennis players at the top level, and they have to do it week after week after week. Yeah, and they walk out there thinking it might be two hours, but it ends up being five. Great to have you, Nathan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ryan. Nathan Buckley joining us. I need to take a break. Back to your calls and your text. Still the quiz to come. Last fan standing quiz. All thanks to Maccas. In fact, you can jump on the line now if you'd like. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number. We do have to take a break for news. That's all still to come. You with Dwayne Twelve.